Welcome to the Business Done Differently podcast, where we believe whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And that standing out is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Jesse Cole, and it's showtime. All right, today you got Tucker Max, episode 167. He was a legend. He's the co-founder of Scribe, one of the best at creating amazing workplace culture. Tucker, I'm with you now in crazy times. And you know, with you guys always innovating, doing creative things, whole self, as you talk about, right. I just kind of want to share a little bit about what you're doing differently now during the virus. But for the people that didn't hear your episode, can you kind of give maybe where the state and makeup of your company, maybe pre-virus to where it is now? Well, the best thing I can do is kind of walk you through what happened and how we handled this, yes. right? Because I, I think we are one of numerous different types of case studies for how to handle this. But it was not, it was, it was such a go for us for a while, like it is for everybody, right? All right. So so basically, we, you know, we had like number one company culture, Entrepreneur Magazine named us number one in Austin, number one in Texas, all that kind of stuff for small companies because we're, we're still like 50. And so like we have this incredible open culture, all kinds of people, it, like we talk about like, our emotions. It's almost like a therapeutic culture, right? If you would seriously, if you think about like, we don't just talk about like cry all day about our emotions, but like, if you can imagine being in a work meeting and like someone starts crying about something and people are like, okay, and sit with it and like talk about it and then go back to work, the work stuff. And like, it's super normal. Yeah. Like that kind of describes our culture, right? And so like you can sum it up by one of our main principles is bring your whole self to work. And we really believe that and we act like that, right? And it, 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 in some ways it, it, it does, it's kind of a pain in the ass, right? Because you're dealing with a lot of people's stuff, but it makes it better because people work harder, they work more, they bring all kinds of skills and attributes you didn't know they had, all kinds of stuff. So we help people write, publish, and market books. And our prices start at 10 grand and go up to 100. And so we are like, almost the definition of both a luxury good and a marketing good, right? And so in a downturn, like those are two of the first things cut. Our luxury goods are number one, marketing is usually like number three or four, right? And so it was like, oh crap, what do we do now? So first thing we did is JT calls. First off, JT was, at, uh, and I was ahead of this in January. Like I, I kind of saw, uh, not business-wise, I just saw coronavirus stuff coming and my wife's a nurse practitioner, and she was watching it. And so we'd been talking about it a little bit on our Slack, and especially in the executive team. I did not think that what happened was going to happen, right? But it was just one of those things where it was like, because we had a bunch of events. Dude, uh, man, we had so many events planned for April and May that we were supposed to speak at. Like we were keynoting, JT was keynoting the YPO International. Like we had all kinds of crazy stuff, right? So I was watching it for that, thinking, okay, some events might be canceled, right? Anyway, so we, we got on, on board and if you remember, it seems like 10 years ago, but South by Southwest being canceled was one of the big things that like NBA and then South by right after, right? And we're in Austin. Yeah. So when South by canceled that night, we closed our office because like I like I was trying to get JT to do it before, but we were kind of you know back and forth. And then eventually it's like, so we were one of the early, early people to yeah. close. Off. I mean, we're a small company, it doesn't matter. But like we were very, we were way ahead of most people. And so first of all, everyone in the company kind of appreciated that. It was like, oh, wow, they're looking out for us, et cetera. And then like things snowball really quick. Yeah. And so that was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. By Friday, we, we had an all hands. And JT said, look, guys, I don't know what's coming, but it's going to get bad. I've, I have a feeling it's going to get bad. And so he's like, you know, this is why I've been preparing and all this kind of stuff. 
And thank God we were about to take a profit share, right? So in our company, the only equity holders are me, JT, and Zach. But so we don't have, you know, like uh, there's no profit sharing or there's no uh, equity, like that sort of stuff. But 25% of the profit goes to the employees. It's tribe members we call them. And so like essentially everyone's an owner of the company, right? The only difference is like, it's not like if you leave, you don't get it. You've got to be there to get the profit share. Yes. So we were about to take a profit share and we didn't, thank God. So we had cash in the bank, right? And JT's like, this is why I've, I've worked our financials like this. This is why I set up all these profit share rules. And he, he, you know, he showed us the whole P&L and like the whole financials, which we're a transparent company. We had that anyway. But he yes. walked people through and said, here is our, our accounts receivable for the next six months. Here's our expenses, our fixed expenses for the next six months. We have four months of runway. Like if we sign nothing, we have, actually, if we sign nothing, we have three months of runway. And then depending on a few finagling things, we can get us to four, right? So he's like, all right, that means all of us, including me, have a job for four months, right? As of this day, our job now is to push that date out. And so here's what I want. I want three things from all of you. Number one, I want ideas on how to cut costs. Things that were off the board before, I don't care. Nothing's off the board anymore. So salary reductions, anything, any ideas. This is a brainstorming thread. No one gets criticized for anything in here. If your idea is fire the CEO, put it in there. (laughs) Number two, how do we sell more? (laughs) And that means either either to existing customers or to new ones. And number three is how do we find new things to sell? He's like, those are the only three ways that we're going to extend that number beyond three and a half months, four months. So it was Friday afternoon. He's like, all weekend, I want every single person to post at least one idea. And so it ended up being probably the best weekend in the history of the company because like everyone, first of all, stood up and told the truth, right? And and is like, okay, here's the reality. Let's deal with it. And everyone got super motivated and super excited because we all like each other anyway, right? And it was like, okay, yeah, this is crappy, but we know the situation. So let's go, let's get motivated. And then like, and we had at least four or five people like me and Megan who were high, like you, very high energy, smart idea people. And they kind of started it and everyone else jumped in. And there were like, you know, people in ops and like receptionists who were like just super excited, dumping ideas and people who are usually aren't creative product people. And we probably had, I don't know, a 250 or 300 post thread on Slack about this. And of course, 90% of the ideas were complete hot garbage. <laughs> but 10% of them were amazing. Gold. Right? And of those 10%, like probably half of those were usable now. Yeah. Dude, we ended up cutting 10%, actually about 9% of costs. Half of that's temporary. The other half I think is going to be sustained. So we, we just increased our profit margin four or 5%. Boom, <laughs> immediately, right? Then we had a bunch of really good ideas. But the big idea and actually multiple different people had this idea, is why don't we, like, as a promotional thing, why don't we teach, we already have the best book on how to write a book, right? And we have done a bunch of videos, and we've done a ton of blog posts. We've got all this amazing content. But what if we did a huge multi-day, like, webinar training where we, I, me personally, live trained all of it to anyone who wanted to come for free? Because for that, we're going to get a ton of attention. And we're like, yeah, let's try it. We ended up with 5,000 people on, a, on that webinar. 
5,000. How big was your database that you sent that to to get our list? About 45, 50,000. It's still a huge, almost 10%. Huge number, huge number, dude. And so like, I mean, for a webinar, that's off the charts. That's with no paid ads, no paid (laughs) ads. Because we had no idea what we're going to do with it. We're like, let's teach it. And then the goal, the idea was, okay, if it's good, if people like it, which I knew it would be because I already teach workshops, right? So like, let's teach what's in the work. I had all the slides done. Let's teach what's in the workshop. Because when people pay for the workshop, they pay for editing and publishing as well. So they're spending 15 to 25,000. So they're not paying for the information. The workshop, we teach it and then we, you know, we spend a lot of time with them. We go over their stuff. There's a lot of individual attention. So giving content away is no problem. And so like, dude, it was remarkable. We recorded the whole thing. If you can go to scribebookschool.com right now, it's still free. You can sign up and then you go to the course page and it has our entire writing and publishing processes. We taught them all with templates and everything. And so how long was the webinar with Tucker? It was five days, dude. So so what were the hours? So I spent four hours a day the first two days and then about an hour and a half to two hours for the last three days. So So it it was 15-ish hours of content. Holy. Uh, We maintained, we were still in the four figures of audience by the last one. We were, we maintained consistently about 50%. uh, Wow. And and what initial peak? Was there an ask at the end? No. That's the thing is I told people, I made them a promise. I'm not going to sell you anything because we literally don't have anything to sell below 10 grand, right? And I'm not going to push any of our other stuff. Like I am only going to teach and that's it. And of course, no one believed me or not no one, but a bunch of people didn't believe me. (laughs) And so like, like people were asking, Hey, you know, are you going to talk about what scribe services are? And I said, no, guy, literally on the webinar, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about it. Go to scribewriting.com. If you want, it has all our services. Do a consult, get on the phone with Ricky. That's what salespeople are for. And she's amazing at it. You'll really like her. I'm here to teach, right? The one thing I did say though, this was pretty smart on my part, is I said, look, if you want us to make something to sell you, right? Like we're, I I refuse to sell information. Like that's going to be free. But if there's services you want, you know, like coaching, mentorship, editing, whatever, tell me what you want, what you're willing to pay for. And then we'll look at all the comments and we'll put something together. And do we have pages, thousands of comments, (laughs) right? And so, and I I mentioned that a couple of times. And so we put together a new product that we call Scribe Writers Room and much lower price point than anything we have. It's 1500 and 6,000. It's the same thing, except the 6,000 gets a full content out of their manuscript. But the basic program is you get, you know, like access to the book course, which anyone gets for free. Yeah, but yeah. then you get, you get three editing calls or, or four for the, the higher end one, like one-on-one calls with an editor to help you do your positioning, your outline, your yeah. end chapters. You can use them however you want, but you have three hour calls. Plus we're going to have a private Facebook group, like with I'm in there and all my senior editors to answer questions. We have a weekly one hour Q and A and then quarterly like author roundtables, all this other really cool stuff, right? But basically, you're getting coached, mentored, and, and access to expertise, right? And then you, the private like, you know, group and all that kind of stuff. So how much later was that launched? Two weeks later, which is insanely bad timing, right? So uh, right now, we're about three weeks out from when we launched. We have done $163,000 of revenue. <laughs> Just on that new product? No, either the new product or people buying our old products. Okay. And we had so... Jesse, I thought for sure... 
that this is how dumb I am, man. I thought for sure that the only people going to Scribe Book School would be like people who can't afford our services. Yes. And there were plenty of those people, but yeah. I was totally wrong. Some huge percentage of that audience were people who could easily afford us, but either they didn't trust us, they weren't sure, they didn't yeah. know, they had their own issues, Rob. There's just a million obstacles that stop people from starting their books or from working with a company. Wow. But I can't tell you how many people who like who emailed me who or got or got on calls with Ricky and were like, I'm so impressed by your all's process. I had no idea how good it was. I had no idea how well thought out it was. Like you guys are so far beyond anything and anyone else out there. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. So of the 163, I think 50 was the new product and well over a hundred was old stuff that we sold. And we still have calls trickling in. Like I will be a well over 200,000 of direct sales from that first one. And we're reteaching. I'm going to do the live training again at the end of this month in uh, April 28th, 29th. So, so I'm going to do it again. So basically came out first right away. The leadership shared the complete transparency, everything that's going on, got everyone on board. That was your rallying cry. We have three to four months. We all need to jump in, got them to support ideas. From that came an idea that you shipped immediately, put it out served, oversold. You weren't trying to buy, you weren't trying to sell, you were trying to serve, then that turned into giant sales. And now that's going to be iterated and become a new strong revenue source for you guys. Realistically, so we, we've always struggled with how do we sell low-end products, right? Because yeah. we're like the premium brand in our space. Yes. Now that we have this and the way we launched it, we're going to also start launching even lower dollar challenges, like 97, 197, 297, just like a very specific like we teach you how to do a book proposal and then we help you through it. We teach you how to do, you know, like how to position a book, like tons of little things yes. that we can start running paid ads to. Realistically, this is going to become a multi-million dollar business line within eight to 12 months. Because of the need for the whole group to get on board and actually, see the thing is it wasn't just an idea. It's idea to implementation. And I think what well, people go with this, like, all right, you got to test thing. Like Tucker, I, we, we just literally the other day, our most popular drink at the ballpark is our slippery banana. It's right. this ridiculously alcoholic drink that fans love. So our director of operations said, hey, let's just do a drive-thru. We don't know if we can do it, but let's do it. So we yeah. set up a drive-thru, 100 bottles. The line started an hour early. It was sold out in about 30 minutes. And now we're doing it again. So now we're like, I don't know, we're like moonshiners. All right, yeah. we're having like literally slippery banana drinks. And so now we're having calls on how do we distribute this more big, large scale because yeah. of we came up with an idea. The yeah. same thing. The idea was Friday. By Thursday, we had the drive-through in action. The idea, by two weeks, you have a whole course that you're teaching. Well, you guys probably had a lot more free time too. <laughs> like we did. <laughs> we don't have games and we're not selling tickets and nothing's going on. Yes. So we're a team of 50 and I was able to get the CEO to let me take five people essentially full-time and two or three other people part-time. So that's why we spun this up in like five days. It like had a whole team to support me. And also we had some of the stuff as well. So also you got to remember the world has changed, right? So everyone's sitting at home with nothing to do. And all these people who, even if you still have a job and you're at any number of companies, you're like, man, this company might not be around in three years. Mm -hmm. Like I need to start working on my brand or I need to tell my story or I need whatever it is. Yes. Like, you know, you saw just uh, in the news today, Chris Cuomo, like he got COVID and then he's like, I realized that like I had this horrible job of just being like a rage profiteer and clickbaiter for CNN. I'm not going to do it anymore, right? Yeah. A lot of people are figuring this stuff out and everyone wants to write a book. So we're like, okay, we'll put the stake in the ground as we're going to teach you how to do it for free. Information will never be your barrier. If you want our time or services, okay, you, you, you can pay for that. But any, everyone else, 
go free, go, here it is. So you adjusted the business model, but from the culture standpoint, I just want to finish with this. Like, obviously you're now working remote. You guys are, is more authentic whole self than anyone I know. What did you what do? else have we done? So we have, okay, so two big things. We have the, the therapy channel on our Slack. We all talk about like our, like literally like it's one channel where it's like, it's I'll go therapy. to my therapist and have a deep revelation. I'll talk about it and share it. And we pain shared is, is pain lessened, right? Yes. And so now we, we do uh, feelings calls twice a week. I don't even run them. Someone <laughs> else does. A girl in our thing who's like a therapy trained, she runs feeling calls. So for, uh, every like Tuesday, Thursday, 4 p.m. or Tuesday, Friday, 4 p.m., uh, whoever wants to get on gets on and it's like it's totally like okay you know what happened the first week that like uh, for the second or third week of march when it really coronavirus really crashed and the markets were down 40 percent. so this is my house right like my library you can see. so my house it's a nice house seven thousand square foot house guest house pool fancy so of course i got a big ass mortgage on this right because we're we live in america and we're all in debt and so like my mortgage is securitized by my brokerage account because i have terrible credit so they're like basically like you need more money in the bank than the house is worth and i swear to god it's true and so it's crazy i could buy the cash with the house with cash today but i wanted a mortgage for various reasons yeah, right yeah. tax reasons and investment yeah, yeah. reasons okay fine so my mortgage, my loan gets called in. My loan got called in the third week of March. They're like, basically like you have to securitize because you know, my brokerage account was cut 30 or 40% or whatever yeah. it was like everyone's because the market was down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, they're like, you don't have enough money in your brokerage account. We're calling in your loan. Oh, and like, I got on the feelings call <laughs> and I was like, all right, guys, I was, it was the first call. I'm like, I'll kick it off. You know, cause the fish, Fishes rot from the head, but they also swim from the head. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? And so I'm like, all right, let me tell you where I am right now. I woke up in a panic this morning because yesterday the banker sends me this email at 4:30 on a whatever it was, like a Tuesday. He's like, I get the email from the banker at 4:30 yesterday that like my loan is being called in, oh, and that I have four days to come up with either a huge chunk of money yes. or liquidate. It wouldn't totally liquidate the account, but it would like it would draw it down substantially in the middle of when it lost forty percent right before the rebound, right? Uh, so I'm basically going to pay twenty or thirty percent more for my house. Uh, and I'm like, now look, I have access to other resources. I'm in the process of doing, but I'll just tell you this morning, I woke up in a total panic, and then I kind of went through like I, I just laid there with the emotions. I felt them. I thought I was going to die for a minute or two, but then I, once I actually felt them. I was able to let them go. And it's like, okay, I got up and got going. I didn't push them away yeah, or be yeah. like, no, no, I can't say. I, yeah, it's, yeah. I just sat and felt them. And I talked about all that. And you should have seen, man, everyone's like, they were slack jawed, like, holy sh**. Like not just what happened, yeah. but that I came on and admitted and talked about it. And the problem wasn't even quite solved yet. Like at that point, I had a pretty good th- beat on it and I ended up getting it solved and it's fine. Like yeah. it's a pain in the ass, but everything, whatever, right? But, but you in should, the middle, you no, but seriously, like this is like the middle of the, of the worst part of when it's hitting. The stock market is at the bottom. No one's sure if this is going to be a mass death pandemic. And my loan gets called in and I'm on the feelings call with my team telling them the truth. Yeah. Like, so that's so one thing. So we always had in office free lunch Fridays. We go, actually, we called it free lunch Friday because we would like cater and then everyone, you know, we, uh, 35 out of our 50 are in Austin, right? Okay, so yeah. all of our freelancers are remote and then 15 full-time are remote and 35 full-time are in Austin. And so we would have the, the lunch in 
And so now what we do, two things. Well, first off, we canceled. That, that was a big Special. money save because that costs, I don't know what it is, 500 bucks a week or something yeah. for, to cater that. So like we cut that, right? But now, uh, so we, you know, we just got our, our government loan back and sales started to pick back up. And we're like, we can see the firing, the liquidation date of all of our jobs has been pushed out many, many months, right? Yes. And so it's like six to eight months and things are getting better and better now for us. So what JT, our CEO did today, actually, he announced that we're bringing back Free Lunch Friday but we're doing two different things. It's not going to be in the office, obviously. Yeah. So he got a $25 gift certificate to DoorDash for everyone in the company. And we've already been, we kept doing it on Zoom. So everyone's going to do it on Zoom. But what you're going to do is you're going to order from DoorDash, your favorite restaurant, have it brought to your house. And then we're all going to eat it together on Zoom lunch. But we also changed the name. It's not free lunch Friday anymore. It's now find a way food Friday because his, his thought was, look guys, we were done. We were cooked, Mm. but we got together and as a tribe, we found a way out and this no food's free, right? Like, yeah, the company pays for it, but you guys are all, you guys all get profits off of this. So you're paying for it too. So let's stop calling it free. Let's call it what it is. We're finding a way to pay for it. We found a way to save the company. We found a way to pay for this. It's called Find Away Food Friday. Love it. Love it. Love it. So if you were to give, I mean, obviously you guys went through it. I love the transparency. I, you know, I, I opened last Monday. I said, guys, I woke up at three o'clock this morning and my wife, Emily, was already up and pacing around the living room floor. Uh, the living, not the living room, pacing around the living room. And I said, we found out that Major League Baseball may not be playing, which means there's a chance we might not have a season. We don't know what's going to happen. And so it was amazing that they were all like, whoa, this is real. And I think it's, it's so important to share that. So is there a, one, like maybe a quick win or any of their best practice you would share, share for a company to keep your team together by yeah. rallying them together? Anything you'd share? Okay, there's two big things. One, for the first time possibly in human history, we have a common enemy. Hmm. Think about that. And a common experience. Mm. Like I have been on the phone in the last six weeks with some super people who names, you know, and I don't mean like our common friends. I don't mean like low time, like small time famous, like you and me. I mean like big time famous. Right. And I, it's so funny. I start on the phone with them. Like, Hey, how you doing? Like, good. I'm like, you stuck at home. He's like, yeah, me too. Huge celebrities who own planes and right. Like, yeah, stuck at home. Like, it used to be the only commonality that everyone really had other than life was weather. Yes. But now you got weather and quarantine, <laughs> right? And after the quarantine, everyone's going to be like, oh, what's quarantine like for you? Oh, let me tell you my quarantine stories. Everyone will have them, Yes. right? So we have a common experience and a common enemy. Like no one's on the side of the virus, right? Maybe you think business should open. Maybe you think we should say quarantine, whatever. But we can all agree the virus is our enemy. Yes. So you have a common experience and a common virus or a common enemy. If you can't rally around that, then you shouldn't be leading. Yes. Like if you can't say, hey, guys, we got to do something like here's the reality. Here's where we got to go. Give me exactly what JT did. Here's where we are. The enemy is the virus. We've been shut down. Here's where we are. Here's the reality. Here's where we got to go. Either here's my plan or help me find a plan. Because that's another thing JT said is, I'm real smart, but I'm nowhere near as smart as all of us put together. And then everyone buys in and they're all excited. Now, I'm not saying everyone gets to pick the plan. You're the leader, you can pick the plan. But ideas from everyone, right? That's number one. Number two, though, I guess number one is rally around defeating a common enemy and a common purpose. Get ideas from everyone. Pick the plan, right? Make the plan real clear. 
These are all things I'm skipping over that we did. And then you need to double or triple or 10x the amount of contact you have with your people. Mm. Like you need to over communicate to the point that it's like, okay, dude, I know you love me. We're cool. Like I, you, I can't work. You're asking me if I need any more help on Slack so much. <laughs> JT has reached out individually as our CEO to every single person in our company on Slack at least twice. And, and that's just like, hey, how you doing? How's your fit? Because he knows everyone's kids' names and all that. He's one of those, right? He knows everyone's <laughs> And he's like, how's blah, blah, blah doing without school? How's your wife? How's this? How's that? Like he's had 50 people, hmm. right? Twice. And then had calls with almost all of them. And it's so funny, man. Like our team knew we had an amazing culture. I don't think they really got it until this yeah. because they're seeing their partners like yeah. early on. All their friends and their wives and husbands were like freaking out because their companies weren't saying shit. and they were closed, you know, closed mouths and no, and no panicking and no, no one was a friend. They're like, well, at Scribe, JT already talked about this. I don't, yeah. And then like all the stuff we're doing, feelings, calls, and all the, just all the connection that we're yes. doing. They're like, yeah, no one's doing any of this. And like so good. the ones that have jobs, no <laughs> one's doing any of this. Yeah. You know? It's such a smart mindset to go through the struggle together. You know, you think about you go through it together. Like we had such a small team when we ran out of money and struggled when we first started. And we're like, the few people are like, oh my God, that we feel like this, but it's even worse. And now we're in together and it brings you closer together. And I think embrace it, celebrate it. Tucker, man, I could jam with you for a long time, man. And I appreciate what you're doing. And it's going to be exciting because it sounds like literally your company will be better. You're going to have new forms of revenue, new ways to serve people. And your group is so much closer that... Next year, it might be a whole different company. Almost to the point where, and I'm half joking right now because we're still in it. Like if we come out of this, everything's great. There will be a new normal, but whatever. Things get back to a normal and everyone's fat and happy again. I'm gonna be like, how do we introduce some serious stress into our company? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Like, how do we do this in a way that is gets the same result, but maybe is I'm not waking up in a panic with my bank calling in my loan. And yes, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I hear you. I hear you. Tucker, man, appreciate you as always. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to Business Done Differently, where we believe whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And that standing out is the best way to grow your business. For more information about the guest and topics covered on this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com or shoot me a note at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.